should go for goal. We deflected Haywood here. Could be a lovely goal for Villa. Johnson, it is! Back Elsie Johnson. It could be nine. Open the body. It's in an end! Superb goal from Melissa Johnson. Steps up and finds the corner! She gets the goal! They arrived as Aztecs, an Aston Villa women podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Hello and welcome back to episode two of They Arrived as Aztecs, our Aston Villa women podcast. We've got an awful lot to speak about. Um, I'm Regan, as always, you can find me on Twitter at FindFoy and I'm joined by Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Mark Jarevi here. You can find me at VillamarkPGH. Uh, I'm ready to talk about the women's side, Regan. They had a little bit of an eventful game last game. Yeah, their uh, unbeaten run spread to six games yesterday afternoon in an early kickoff against Durham. Um, you know, it, it started in the worst possible way for Gemma Davis' side as uh, Iris Akatov managed to uh, you know, get down the left-hand side and turn the ball into a more central position. And Nicky Gears was there for Durham to turn it into the net past Sean Rogers. Now, this was Sean Rogers' first game uh, since her injury. And, you know, uh, Daniela Kaczynska has been deputising pretty well since then. I I was quite surprised to see Sean, uh, you know, in in goal, really. I thought that it would have been been Kaczynska again. Um, But obviously she'd recovered well enough from her shoulder injury. And, you know, she she gave a good account of herself, all things considered. Yeah, I think she did as well. I wasn't expecting her to be back this quick either with the shoulder injury. Um, again, I don't know the extent of what the injury actually was. It could have just been a bruise. It could have been just tightness, soreness, things of that nature. That happens all the time. There's, again, it's, it's football. It's one of those things where you're going to get, you know, roughed up a little bit, but it's good to see Rogers back out there. Obviously, you know, we, we said it in the last podcast. She's a really talented keeper. It's good to see her between the sticks and she did put a good account of herself in. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, after after the uh, the Durham goal, the Villa women were able to compose themselves a little bit from this point and kind of turn the game on its head. Um, you know, for, for for a decent period of the game, that the Villa women were on the front foot. Um, Melissa Johnson had a great chance to put the scores level, but she saw her effort blocked and put wide for a corner. Um, you know, after this, Johnson had another big chance a few minutes later as Emma Follis did well to get the ball into the box. But uh, Johnson f- uh, skewed her shot just wide of the goal. And then, you know, it, it was just over and over. It kept coming. And in the 26th minute, Sophie Haywood could have grabbed goal. Um, you know, Villa women played a short corner. Obviously, at that point, their corners weren't working. They played a short corner and the ball fell to Haywood, who blazed her shot over the bar from close range. You know, th- these are three attempts that could have seen Villa, you know, end the game there it could have been they could have been 3-1 up um you know do, do you think there's an issue with finishing necessarily you know Melissa Johnson has has scored 10 goals but do we have to worry about finishing from the rest of the squad I think it's just one of those things that, you know, it's the old saying, mama said there'd be days like this. And I think that's what you had. I think you have, you know, you can 
put all the crosses in again. Like you said, Emma Fallis is putting balls into the box. The corners aren't working. They're just not being able to finish, skewing them wide, skewing them over the, over the top of the net. That happens. That happens to every single football team. It doesn't matter who, who you are, or what league you play in. So that, that's going to happen. I think it was just a tough day at the office in terms of finishing. But with the amount of quality that's in the squad, I think that this is a rarity. And I, you know, I think that that's just something that you're not going to see much from the Aston Villa women this season. Uh, it's frustrating. Uh, none of the girls are going to be happy about that. We know that they're able to, uh, I don't want to say fill the net, but you know, have, have enough opportunities that where they can get some goals and get a decent score line out of most games. Um, against uh, Durham, you know, they're, they're a good squad too. And it seemed like they were really hell bent on shutting Melissa Johnson down. Um, so yeah, when all those things come together and you're just not finding the back of the net, it's incredibly, incredibly frustrating. But I, I think that all things considered, they were trying to do the best they could out there and maybe, you know, try to give Durham a, a different look or two to try and find a ball in the back of the net it's just I, I think it was just one of those days Regan yeah I, I do too I mean like you know they had a prolonged period of pressure and you know there, there was the, the the aforementioned shots and there were, there were more after that you know Melissa Johnson had a third great chance of the game and uh, that, that was stopped by a strong sliding block from Durham's Becky Salicki um, and then you know just before the break Durham kind of came back into the game a little bit and they also had a handful of chances um, but it, you know, ended up so that, that you know the two sides went in at half time um, with with Durham one goal up. You know, do, do you think that Villa perhaps knew that it could get something from this game? They've they've come from behind two or three times this season. Did they? Do you reckon they were thinking? You know, you know what we've got this, or what do you think was going through their heads? I think it was probably a, a, a case of Jemmett Davies probably walking in that room and just being like, "We got this." You know, it's okay. Just calm it down a little bit. Do the things that we do well. You know, take take your time on the ball. It doesn't have to be a million miles an hour. Um, I, I, I think that this team has the belief in them to win any game or at least come from behind. Like you said, we've seen it on more than a few fair occasions. Uh, it's, it's never fun to go into any locker room at halftime and be down. But I, with the chances they were creating and the way that they were, I guess, kind of not cashing in on those opportunities and those chances. I, I think as a head coach and a coaching staff, you walk in and just say, it, it's all right. Everything's all right. We're, we're, we'll get it. You just keep keep doing what we're doing. We know what we're good at. Let's go out there and do it. Again, it's just a frustrating day at the office. But I, I think that I, w- I would like to believe that the girls on that team that were lined up against Durham, they had the belief in their heart that they knew they could at least get a draw out of this. I mean, yeah, you know, it's something that I've mentioned a lot in in a few of my articles uh, for this season is that there's a self-belief in the squad that wasn't necessarily there last season or at least in the start of last season. You know, if if they went 1-0 down, there was, you know, it was heads would drop and you would expect the ladies to lose the game. Um, But ever since... uh, ever since the, their good form started, uh, pretty much at the start of 2019, um, you know it's been a case where if they go down, you know that they're gonna absolutely put their utmost effort in to try and, and equalize or you know even win the game. Yeah, and you have to see that. You have to have that hunger. You know, it has to burn inside of you all the time that you you want to perform at your very best. And we've seen that through through the uh, Villa lady, uh, Villa women rather. And like we know that what they're capable of. And it, it it is a little, I guess, you don't expect them to have games like this. You know, you you see what they're they're able, and you see the players that was been brought in and things of that. I just think that again, it was a it was just an off day. 
but it was still something you can learn from too. Like you got to learn to know when, when this feeling happens again, you know, that second gear you have to get into to try, try to get a result or try to come from behind. Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for a team that, that comes from behind personally for me. Uh, I really like that. And I think that that that's uh, kind of one of those like underdog kind of things you have to have in your locker as the season goes on of like, Hey, you know, we might be down, but we're not, we're not hanging it up. Our heads aren't hanging. We're, we're going to, you know, actually, you know, get up for this game. And, you know, even if it takes going into the second half to get it all to come together, if they can keep doing that. I, I, that's just entertaining to me. And it's, it's something that you have to have a special group of players that always have that belief. Um, once you start losing the belief in yourself like that, usually chances aren't going to go your way and you're, you're not going to be able to come back, even if you're just salvaging a draw. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, it, it didn't start necessarily perhaps the way that they wanted to the first half and neither did the second half. Um, you know, they, they allowed Nicky Gears, the, the goal scorer, in the first half, another shot which was drilled just wide from around 20 yards out. But from this point, you know, the Aston Villa women grew back into the game. Um, probably around 10 minutes into the half, Melissa Johnson was able to tee up Amy West for a long-range shot from outside the box. But the midfielder just couldn't keep it down and saw her shot fired over the bar. Um, you know, a couple of minutes after this, though, and the scores were level. Uh the Dutch midfielder Nadine Hansen managed to bury the equaliser from a corner before wheeling away in delight. And, you know, this was a season first for Nadine. It's her first goal of the season. And how, how do you think that felt to score what could have been, you know, an important goal in the overall outlook of the season? Oh, it has to be huge. You're going, you're going up against a team who's, who's also near the very top of the table. And, you know, you don't want to give up points in any capacity, especially this early on in the season. So I think for Nadine to, to, you know, get a goal and yeah, a first goal of the season is always going to be huge, but I think the timing of it and the importance of it can't be understated. Um, yeah, I, I, I just feel that someone in this game for the Villa women was going to pop up. Um, I, I didn't think it was going to be Hanson to be honest with you, but that's great. And I, I hope that, you know, she continues that going, you know, going forward the same point in time. You know, when you have you know, what we were just talking about, having that drive to succeed and having that fire to go forward. And, you know, sometimes you get goals from unlikely places or even more so you get goals from someone who really needs that to kick their season on. I think that might have been the case in, in this instance with Nadine Hansen. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was really fond of Nadine in her first season last season. I thought she she added a different element. She added a bit of that foreign kind of flair to the side. Um but, you know, she, she's not necessarily started every game. She's not necessarily had the amount of minutes that she maybe had last season. But she, I think she's she's performing well in the role that she's been required to to, to play in. Um, I remember watching her at Villa Park against Blackburn. And she was just, you know, she was that kind of metronome in the midfield. She, she'd receive the ball and she'd you know play a pass out wide to Haywood or Follis or forward to, to Johnson. And she, she kept those movements kind of going. Um, in this game, you know, after Nadine's goal, uh, Villa were in the search for their winner, and you know we we we've spoke about Johnson and how how clinical she's been this season, and she saw a shot cleared off the line. Um, Melissa could have probably you know added one to four goals to her already strong tally this season. Do you think she'd perhaps be disappointed with with her, her, her shots in 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 the Durham game? 
I don't think she'll be disappointed with the shots. Of course, I think, you know, it's, it's the mentality of being up top and you want to score as much as you can, especially when you're in, um, you're put into positions by your teammates. Um, like we said with Emma Fallis, she, she, you know, she can cross the ball, you know, around a corner if you ask her to nice enough. Um, but I think with, with Melissa Johnson, like you're obviously it's going to be natural to be frustrated with not finishing. But as far as being disappointed, maybe not. I, I think Johnson comes off to me like a, like a person that knows. And, you know, it is just kind of like spur forward. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see her pop in another goal or two goals or maybe even, maybe even a hat trick in the next game or the next couple games here. Uh, I, I, you just, you have to keep that positive mentality going. And Jemmy Davies actually talked about it after the game as well. Uh, I, I got to catch that interview, uh, again, another just astute interview from, from the gaffer. Um, but yeah, I think that it's just, it's all about the belief and the positivity. So I don't think it's, it's a disappointment as much as it's, it's gonna, you know, kind of push her forward to know that like, Hey, when there's games like that, like maybe there are one or two players on this pitch that are going to look at me and think that, you know, don't worry. Cause Melissa's got it. Uh, we talked about it on the previous pod that, um, you know, you don't want the weight of, of the world coming down on one person's shoulders, but in the, t- in the terms of Melissa Johnson, I think that, you know, something like this against Durham, I think, I think it just makes her hungrier for the next game. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you know, speaking of hunger, um, after this, after this shot was cleared off the line, Sophie Hayward was replaced by Jodie Hutton. And you know, we've spoken to Jodie, and we know how hungry she is to to prove herself this season after returning from injury. Um, and you know, after Jodie came on, I, th- I think this was a, a similar. Uh, Occurrence in the, in the last game, Jody came on, and there was a prolonged period of dominance for the opposition team. This happened in in the Sheffield uh, United women game in the Conti Cup last week, um, and Durham Durham had a short advantage after Hutton came on for about ten minutes. Uh, they had a few chances that went begging. Catherine Hill sliced a chance wide, just just wide in the seventy first, and uh, Sean Rogers was called into action in the seventy seventh with an absolutely exquisite save to stop Iris Akatov in a one-on-one situation, um, you know, justifying her recall into into the number one role, uh, despite Kaczynska's, you know, good performances prior. Um, and then Jodie Hutton managed to get through on goal uh, in the 78th minute, uh, cutting in from the right before firing her shot over the bar. You know, it would have been great to see Jody getting on the score sheet so early after her return from injury. But you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, she she, it's going to take time. But once it once it comes, it's going to be one of those great moments of the season. Yeah, it's going to take time. And and if she she would have put this goal in, you know, on the shot that, that whizzed over the bar, I I, I think that she, you would have got a little bit of emotional reaction from Jody. I. I I just think that's in her personality. I, I think that she wants to succeed here, and now she knows what the players that, that the Villa women have brought in this season. She's going to really have to fight hard and, and actually, you know, try to, you know, put a concrete performance in week after week after week. And as far as you know, touching on the fact of when she's come onto the game for the second game in the row, it's kind of when the opposition has maintained dominance. Um, it's it's unfortunate that that's that's been the case, but at the same time, like that that's not going to make. Jody Hutton shy away from that challenge. She she's gonna want to you know go at it head on, and I, I think that there's so many different players in the Aston Villa women as far as depth goes that they can come in and, and do a job. I think that it, it's just a matter of time for Jody Hutton. Uh, again, you, like you just said, it's all about the patience, and it's all about you know having 
having that that strong mind and will to, to succeed. And I do believe that Hutton has that. And I think she will get her chances as the season rolls on. Yeah, and you were talking about you know the, the will to succeed, and you know it, it did shine through throughout the whole team in in this second half, um, and you know it very very nearly paid off. Uh, Marissa Uwers could have bagged the winner in the in the very dying embers of the game. Uh, she rose the highest at the back post to meet Ella Franklin's cross, but she just couldn't direct her header towards the goal. Um, but speaking of Ella Franklin, there has been some unfortunate news to come out of the Aston Villa women today. Um, and the the fullback is set to miss a significant chunk of the season and will probably be out for the foreseeable future after she's torn her ligaments and broken her ankle against Durham yesterday afternoon. Yeah, that's it's tough for any athlete to go through that. And um, my, my heart goes out to her, honestly. I've had an ankle injury of my own. I, I know it's maybe not to this extent, but um, it's it's never fun. And you feel like you're you know out of it for a while and, you know, being displaced from your teammates or things like that. It's, it's, it's not a good time, but, um, you know, I, I got full faith in the, in the medical staff there at Villa to get Franklin back as, you know, quickly as possible. It might not be for a while, but, um, you know, I mean, it, it's just tough for Ella. I mean, she was playing, she's playing so well. Um, uh, you know, so, I mean, I know you, you as well, you can get on board with this. We just wish her well in, you know, the recovery process and, you know, we'll see her back out there whenever she gets back. Uh, there's no reason to rush it. You know, you got to be very careful with the ankle injuries. They can be, they can be really tricky. Just when you think you're feeling better, you can just step a certain way or move a certain way and you can re-aggravate a lot of those tendons and a lot of the nerves in the ankle itself. So, um, it's, it's a frustrating one for sure, but, uh, you know, I, I give her all my best. I honestly do. Yeah. It obviously, yeah, we, we wish her the best. You know, it is, it is a real shame. Um, you know, she, she's impressed since she arrived in the summer. And, you know, she's truly made that right back position her own. I think she was the only player uh, up until, you know, the, the, yesterday's game that uh, had played every single minute of football so far this season. Um, and both her and Azmita Ole had gained plaudits for their, their performances on, you know, the, the, the fullback positions from fans, journalists and even, you know, their teammates. We spoke to Emma Follis and she was, you know, absolutely waxing lyrical about the both of them so it's a real shame that franklin has had to go through this yeah it's a shame and like you never want to see it especially with like a, a massive cog in the back four um you know ella does some things out there that i think goes without notice um i i, I think it's a lot of like the technical stuff i think it's a lot of um just knowing where to be and, and again, like the more modern day fullbacks that we're seeing coming into the game of football, whether it be in the women's side or the men's side, I think that she capitulated that pretty well, that that was what she was there to be. Um, and again, like obviously we've, we've seen the videos, you know, put out from the club and things of that nature. It, it seems like Ella's like, they, there's just a tight bond throughout the entire team. So, I mean, when one, when one of someone you look to and someone that you know steady back there goes down, it's never fun. Um, not only on a professional level, but also a personal level. Um, it, it's, it's just su such a tough thing to deal with an injury of this caliber. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are backups within the squad. So, you know, I think Villa will be okay going there. I, I believe it's Charlotte Greengrass. It's the, the next one up at the right back position. Um, I don't know whether she's naturally a right back, but I think she is the, the more obvious answer to replace her. Um, you know, for Gemma Davis, the, the question does arise as to who will replace Ella Franklin. Um, 
and we may just see an unfamiliar face uh, tested in that position against Liverpool in the Continental Cup on Saturday. Um, you know, we could see Jade Richards uh, start at right back. We could see Alicia and Dave start at right back. We could see Natalie Haig start at right back. But for me, I would I would probably think that it will be Charlotte Greengrass, as you said. Um, I think. The issue for me is, and I think this is the case with a lot of the women's game, is that there's no real news as to um, how long Ella is out for. And I know it's not necessarily easy. Um, you know, the, the men's game is, uh, I, I guess, a lot further along in terms of being able to say, you know, this player is going to be back in four months or or whatever. But, you know, it, it is going to be a tough time for for Ella and it's probably going to be tough for the Villa women and um, we you know we hope that Ella can recover from it um you know quickly but without rushing you know her way back but we hope that Aston Villa women are able to manage without her her ability yeah she she brings a lot to the table honestly and like I just spoke about it there's just things that she does on the pitch that are obvious to me I mean I'm I'm a I'm a big old tactics nerd that's kind of my thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of them guys that, you know, does the whole tactics in and out the X's and O's of the game. You know, I like watching it by that standpoint too. So I just think that she does a lot of things really, really well. And hopefully that the Villa women don't miss her too, too much. But, um, speaking to what you, you were talking about with, uh, the coverage of the game and as far as the coverage of the women's game. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's a little different because you can't just like, you know, the club's not going to release and say that, Oh, Ella had, you know, tore a, a median tendon or something like that. And then you can Google how long is the recovery from a median tendon injury and all that sort of thing. So for us, it's a little hard, but, and I, I think it's going to be one of those things where you can't rush her back just the, like the event we just saw with Jody Hutton. Um, you can't rush her back from that. And maybe when Ella does become healthy, it's an incremental inclusion into the squad more so than just throwing her right back into the right back position. So I mean we'll we'll see what happens, but but again you know it's it's a it, it's a tough injury to have um, for any athlete, especially for a footballer. So we wish her well and hope she recovers well. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next game for the Aston Villa women is once again at Bournemouth St Michael's. I think that's the third in a row, and they are facing uh, women's Super League side Liverpool women who find themselves rooted to the bottom of the Women's Super League, having won no games, drawing one and losing four out of their five appearances so far. Um, Their most recent game was a 2-0 loss to Birmingham City Ladies. So it would be quite fitting for uh, two losses in in the space of, I guess, a week uh, within the Midlands. Yeah, it'd be something else for for the Liverpool ladies. Um, I mean, to be honest, if, if they're losing two 0 to the Birmingham City ladies, I can see a Melissa Johnson hat trick being on the on the cards and on the horizon a little bit. I hope I'm right about that. Um, I you know just got to keep the good times rolling here for the Aston Villa women, and I think that they're going to. Um, again, you know, you have this a uh, little bit of an injury. Not it's not even a crisis. You can't even really call it a crisis. You know, it's just with Ella how how you know well she plays. Um, yeah, so I, I just I want to see him go there, and I, I want to see him, you know, kind of take the game to Liverpool a little bit and add on to their misery. Uh, I don't really have a reason to to say that kind of thing, but I, I just think that the the more that they play together, the better they're going to be together. The more experience, especially going through a little bit of trials and tribulations with this game against Durham, I think it's only going to you know they know that they didn't cash in on their opportunities. They know it was a tough game. They are 
happy with the draw, but I mean, even Gemma Davies herself said it kind of feels like a loss a little bit. Um, so I think that's just going to just crank the, crank the heat up a little bit as far as wanting to go, you know, to the end of the next game and, and just do it as best you can to make sure you're finishing your chances. And if the, if the Villa women do, finish their chances and they do get enough chances as, as they did against Durham uh, Liverpool's in for a long long game yeah and um, to put things into perspective a little bit uh, Liverpool in their opening game of their uh, well the Conti Cup group stage they lost 3-2 to Sheffield United women who Villa have beaten twice this season before uh, beating Coventry United 5-1 on their second game obviously the Villa game is their third game but they're currently in the same kind of area, <clears throat> excuse me, in the same kind of area as um, as Aston Villa are with one win and one loss, so it is bound to be an exciting game. But I do, I do back Villa to to get a win here against against women's Super League opposition. I do as well, and maybe you know some people would look at that game and think that it's it's really just like a toss up. Um, I realize that Liverpool's Super League opposition and everything, but I just think how well Villa's playing, and again, match with the result they just had as far as the league goes, they're going to be really, really up for this game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to, you know, not that the score line would get out of hand. I just think that it's going to be a I won't even say dominant performance, just a commanding performance by the Villa women going up against Liverpool. I mean, it, they want to try to you know establish themselves within the Conti Cup. There's not a better chance to do that than than up against Liverpool. So I think they have the skills. I think they have the ability. The players, uh, again, the oneness within the group. It, it, it's obvious to me. Um, you even saw it whenever this past week, whenever there was the whole team photo uh, going on. It was it was with the men and the women's side. You know, there's little brief little clips about the women kind of like. Um, just like having fun with each other and things of that nature. And you love to see that kind of thing. At least I love to see that kind of thing. It shows that they're comfortable with each other. And, you know, you see different players all the time talk about other players being funny and being outgoing and all that kind of thing. So, you know, to keep that going is pretty, pretty big. Um, and I think the good times are just going to roll along against Liverpool. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. I think I think we will see an Aston Villa win. Um, but, you know... Football, anything can happen. Um, but I, I do expect Villa to pile on the misery, uh, especially at home. And I think that is probably the best place to end this uh, episode. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating, uh, a like, a comment on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, let us know on social media. We had a load of uh, great comments from the first episode of The Road to Aztecs. So if you have enjoyed it, you know, give us a retweet. Uh, Give us a post on Facebook. Let us know, um, you know, how we're doing. Let us know if you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter at Villa Lamp, on Instagram at Under a Gaslit Lamp, and on Facebook forward slash Under a Gaslit Lamp. Um, thank you guys for listening, and as always, up the Villa ladies. <laughs>